Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we have an action-packed event covering Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference and more. And what it means, we have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer, also the iTunes guy, Kirk McElhern. He'll obviously talk a lot about Apple Music, which, by the way, folks, will also be available this fall for Android users. This is the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> With Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer, we have... A big plate of items to discuss. We'll talk about Apple's WWDC. And also, as I observe where I think that the financial community and some members of the media completely misunderstood what went on, it was all about to them the features that Apple copied from other platforms. And that wasn't it. But we'll get into that in a moment. Right now, I want to talk about something that happened actually probably about a week ago by the time you hear this episode. And that was a passing of a world-famous actor. He did horror films. He did science fiction. He even did comedy, I understand, and on once even hosted Saturday Night Live, Sir Christopher Lee. Yeah, that's. it's really sad that he's gone. But on the other hand, he had a pretty awesome life. So, so it's not like he missed out before he went. He appeared in, I think, between 250 and 260 movies, and was once quoted as saying he didn't know how many, because he did so many in so many different areas. But of course, he first became famous as a horror film actor. The first film I saw him in was Curse of Frankenstein from a British studio called Hammer. And unlike the Universal films, all the horror films of the 30s and 40s, Hammer made them graphic, women wearing low-cut dresses, some graphic violence. And this was quite a bit for the 50s and 60s when these films came out. So he appeared in Curse of Frankenstein with someone who he worked with for many years, Peter Cushing. So he played the monster. Peter Cushing played Dr. Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And then Christopher Lee played Dracula in like 20 different movies. But he commented in a quote I read that he didn't like the fact that Hammer Films didn't use some of the quotes from the original Dracula novel from Bram Stoker. So every so often he dropped one in. Yeah, he kind of got in trouble for that. Yeah, but you know, too bad. Sure, yeah, too bad. I mean, what, what were they going to do, fire him? Well, at that point, sure, they could have, but they didn't. And, and once you become identified with a role for, what, 20 times you're playing that role, it's not so easy that you could go ahead and just say, okay, we'll have somebody else next time. He also appeared in The Man with the Golden Gun as a James Bond villain with Roger Moore in the 1970s. And according to something I read from Roger Moore in talking about the passing of Christopher Lee, they had been very close friends for like 25 years before they actually appeared in a film together. So that's kind of interesting where they are on opposite sides. James Bond... James Bond villain, and they're friends, very close friends. Yeah, which, which is so awesome. You know, I think that's how it happens a lot, where you get actors that play opposite each other with, uh, with very diametrically opposed roles, but they're good friends in real life. And I, I think that's really cool. And the one interesting thing to bear in mind also about Christopher Lee, he also appeared in two Star Wars films, two of the so-called prequels, 
as someone called Count Dooku, where he very much looked yes. like Dracula. I mean, he walked in this grandiose fashion like Dracula did in the original Dracula movies that he did. He had the right. cape and everything. I thought the character in Star Wars was a dumb choice. They just wanted to use Christopher Lee for something. Well, there there was a lot of dumb choices in the, uh, I'll call it the, the prequel trilogy. The, yeah, there's a lot of dumb choices. But, uh, but it was still cool getting to see him because but when he comes on camera, he has such a presence and he has such an amazing voice. And there, there was, even in the horribly done Star Wars prequel movies, there was an elegance to the way he carried himself on camera. He also appeared in several of the Lord of the Rings films. Yes. And apparently at one time actually met the creator of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, oh, I hadn't heard that, but, but that's cool. Before he was in theater... He was uh, like a special agent for the British Army, and he was like an undercover hunter of Nazi uh, officers. And uh, because of everything that he had done in his intelligence background and with, uh, with all the experiences he had, at one point when he was working on the Lord of the Rings movies, the director, oh, wow, I just forgot uh, the director's name from uh, the Lord of the Rings movies. I can totally Peter picture. Jackson. Thank you, Peter Jackson. So Peter Jackson says, I need you, need you to imagine what it would sound like if a man was being stabbed in the neck. And Christopher Lee responds, I don't need to imagine meaning he already knew exactly what, what happened if someone was stabbed in the back. So, so we talk about how, uh, how hardcore, serious Chuck Norris is. I think Chuck Norris needs to aspire to be like Christopher Lee. You couldn't add up all the acting experience he had and come close to Christopher Lee. I agree. He did heavy metal albums, four of them, I believe. I never heard them, but I can't imagine Christopher Lee... Being a heavy metal singer? It's actually pretty good. And he is the oldest person to ever uh, come up to the top or enter into the into the charts for, I believe, British music. It, it, it might be just music in general. And I think it was one of the Christmas songs that, that he did with his heavy metal band. He did this between 1998 and 2013. In 2013, he was 91. Yeah. And, and there he was, rocking out with, with his own band. That's pretty awesome. That age, subjecting your aging ears to that abuse. That's amazing. Well, I, I, I like to think that he was smart enough that he used proper ear protection. Okay, heavy metal singer with earmuffs. Sure. Hey, if you're Christopher Lee, you can do anything you want, and who's going to stop you? And I understand he was also very much into things like animal rights, cruelty to animals. Very much so. Mm-hmm. He sounds yep. like he was a nice guy. I, I think he sounds like he was a pretty cool guy. I, I, I would have loved to have had the opportunity to just hang out with him. Now, he was interviewed a number of times over the years and he was always just so pleasant very informed very articulate he could tell all sorts of stories 
And he must have just had some amazing tales to tell about all those films he worked on. But as he said once, I can't remember how many I appeared in. Well, I just looked it up on IMDb, and uh, the answer is 281. Well, I thought it was 256 or something, but that's amazing. And he's got one film still coming out, I think. Yes, the movie is called Angels in Notting Hill. So he worked very much until the end, which is the best way to go. I mean, if you're going to go, you don't want to go with pain. You just want to go out doing the things you love. Yes. And actually, he worked all the way up to the end because he had another movie called The Eleventh, which was in pre-production. So I don't know what's going to happen to that movie because it's not like they're actually filming yet. So they, they might recast his role or they might just scrap the whole project. But, uh, but yeah, he was working all the way up to the end. As I said, what a way to go, Christopher Lee. We've got Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer here on the Tech Night Out Live. A reminder also that we have a premium service called Tech Night Out Plus. Go to plus.technightout.com, P-L-U-S.technightout.com to learn more about our premium service and get set up with it. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Usually, the older one gets, the less you are able to absorb amino acids and the less you are able to repair the 100 trillion cells of your body. As a result, you'll have less energy, your tissues will shrink, and you'll become wrinkled. An older person will typically injure more easily and heal more slowly. Not fun. However, if you can consume a protein powder that is easier to absorb, then you may be able to gain back some strength, muscle, and speed of recovery. One World Whey is a highly digestible whey protein powder that may be the perfect answer for you. My name is Errol. I'm 74 years old. You know, the taste of One World Whey is amazing. I play pickleball, and since taking One World Whey and your trace mineral supplement, I have more energy and recover faster from my working out. I used to take another grass-fed whey protein powder, but now I'm getting much better results using One World Whey. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. And we all know what happened when the subprime credit bubble burst. By March 2009, the dollar lost 50% of its value. The entire U.S. banking system was on the verge of collapsing. Like all financial problems of the past, is history about to repeat itself? Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 129, before it's too late to protect yourself. Will the oncoming catastrophe take all private IRAs, 401ks with it? There is a way to protect your hard-earned assets. Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686. 2237 extension 129. Healthy diet and exercise should be a part of any weight loss effort. A small shipping and handling fee may apply. Mirror, mirror on the wall. How did I become so fat? 
If you are a woman over 40 and you're having trouble losing extra weight, you may be eligible for our risk-free trial of Ambrin Complete by calling 1-800-210-4432. After 40, your body changes, and so should your weight loss strategy. Ambrin Complete is a unique combination of clinically tested formulas specifically for women over 40. Ambrin Complete helps you balance hormones, relieve hot flashes, night sweats, sleeplessness, promote energy levels, and yes, help you lose weight, including that stubborn fat. No crazy diets or exercise routines required. Just take Ambrin Complete for 90 days. It's that easy. So if you're a woman over 40 and you're tired of looking in the mirror and not liking what you see, call the Ambrin Hotline today. But wait, call right now and we'll give you a 20-day supply of Ambrin free. Call 1-800-210-4432. That's 1-800-210-4432. Again, 1-800-210-4432. Honey, it's time for dinner. What are you doing over there on your computer? I'm shopping for a new wallet. Mine is falling apart. Hey, did you know there's a company called ID Stronghold that makes shielded wallets to prevent electronic pickpocketing? Oh, I didn't realize there was such a thing as electronic pickpocketing. What is that? Well, apparently, many of the new credit and debit cards being issued have radio chips inside them called RFID that transmit our banking information to card readers when we pay. Unfortunately, a bad guy can also get one of these readers and go around the city scanning people, collecting their credit card numbers and personal information without us knowing it. Wow, that sounds scary. Since you're getting a new wallet anyway, you should definitely get an ID Stronghold shielded wallet. Are they more expensive? No. In fact, I can get a shielded leather wallet from IDStronghold.com for the same price or less than regular unshielded wallets from other stores. Sounds great. My wallet isn't falling apart yet, but let me pick one out too. I want to be protected, and these wallets at IDStronghold.com look fantastic. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. In addition to observing the passing of Sir Christopher Lee, we're going to observe the pending arrival of iOS 9 and also El Capitan, OS 10.11. And before we get into that, Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer, I wanted to cover the new version of Swift, the programming language from Apple. They're making it open source, which means you'd be able to create Linux applications with it as well. Mm -hmm. And this is interesting because it could bring in a whole range of new programmers to the Mac and iOS platforms. I agree. I think... Simply the fact that Apple is open sourcing key parts of of Swift will make Swift more palatable to developers that previously were concerned about getting pulled into a completely proprietary coding language. And then now, of course, we'll we'll see this rolling out for Linux as well, which opens up uh, new platforms. And sure, then potentially draws developers into the Apple platforms that otherwise wouldn't have been there. I I think this is very fascinating that Apple made this move. Also, it means that it's easier for Swift to be taught in school. So those going to computer school, computer college, and they want to learn programming, well, this is one way to do it. Right. And it also means that since the open source community can contribute to Swift, we will probably see improvements and new features 
showing up faster than they otherwise would have simply because there will be a lot more people that are contributing to the whole project. Apple may have a walled garden, but this is not in that garden. Not completely. This is something that's in the walled garden, but they've allowed to spill over and uh, and outside the garden too, because there are parts of Swift 2 that will not be released as open source, uh, which is pretty typical for Apple. When they when they do something open source, they don't go completely open source, but they but they will take key elements and drop that into the open source community. All right. So Apple's making things more open. Also, with their developer tools, they're opening more things for developers, like an Apple Watch, more of the sensors are being made available to third-party developers, things like that. So Apple is making it possible for developers to do more things. I also understand that there will be a new way for a developer to restrict apps, like for certain models of iPhone or iPad, because maybe the user experience won't be good enough. So they'll say, you know what? I can't put it on the 4S. Right. And going on, going along with that, they are going to be able to build installers that put just the parts that your device needs on. So uh, what we have right now when you make an iOS app is something that has everything for all the different versions of iPhone plus all the different versions for iPad. But if, if you have, say, an iPhone 6 and an iPad Air 2... Well, you only need the parts for those devices, but only on each of those devices. So now you'll be able to have much smaller apps on on your devices. So they take up less space. That's going to be nice because your apps will be more efficient. And if you have an iPhone that has like, say, 16 gigs of RAM, well, it's not going to fill up nearly as quickly as it would have before. Apple is trying to be sensitive to that. Finally, people who couldn't update to iOS 8 will be able to update to iOS 9. So that's really good. The other thing here is that Apple is promising with various power efficiencies to make it possible to have up to an hour more battery life. I think that's fantastic. Uh, Battery life is is a big deal for, for people, regardless of how good your battery life is, simply because when you're out and about, you don't want to get caught with a, with a device that just stops working. So anything Apple can do to improve battery life, I, I think is fantastic. So, so good on them. All right. That's iOS 9 also. This is where we get the criticisms. There's going to be a proactive Siri. And so the critics say, okay, you've got Google now. You've got Cortana. So Apple is just imitating them. But that's not quite true in one key area. You know, I'm, I'm looking at what, what Microsoft has been doing with Cortana, what Google's doing with Google Now. And, uh, and then we have Siri with Proactive Assistant coming out. And all these people saying, hey, look, Apple is just copying everyone again. And to some degree, sure, but it goes both ways. There are all these features that are showing up across all these different devices, and all the different companies are, to one degree or another, copying each other. Some of that is blatant copying. Some of that is just the natural progression of the, of the way technology evolves. And I'm really glad to see that, that we'll have Proactive Assistant on the iPhone, 
and and I'm also okay with the fact that it won't be quite as as functional as Google Now is on Android devices, and and that's because Apple is not interested in sifting through all of our email messages and uh, and keeping track of every little thing that we do and then parsing through all of that to give us the types of results that Google Now does. So basically, with Google Now, Google gets access to absolutely everything you do and everything about you. And for some people that trade-off is okay, but for people like me who really don't want that much information being being stored and sifted through by a single company, a Siri proactive assistant is going to be welcome because all that information is stored locally and there's a lot that Apple's not going to go through. Yes, it's all about privacy. Yes. It's about what Tim Cook said in that recent speech. Well, consider the fact here that with Google, you are the product they're selling. They're selling what they know about you. With what Apple sells, the product is the iPhone. The product is the iPad. The product is Apple Watch. The product is a Mac. Very much different. Yes. Yeah, Apple sees itself as a hardware company. And that's a very different perspective on how you deal with uh, with the way you make money compared to a company like Google, where the product is the information that they collect from us. Now, with iOS 8, it was a pretty shaky release there. They had to get out a few <laughs> releases to get things cleaned up. And the watchword for all the new stuff from Apple is performance and experience, which is make it work faster and clean up the stuff that didn't work so well. Yes, and I was so glad when Apple just came right out at the beginning of their their WWDC keynote and and said that because what what that told me was that instead of seeing all of these crazy flashy new features getting dumped in our laps, we were going to get something that on the surface is far less sexy, but for me is far more exciting, and that's better stability and better performance. Things that I feel have been lacking in OS X Yosemite and in iOS 8. So we have to see really how well that works. Yes, and, and we'll be able to start seeing some of that right away. Developers have the, the betas of both already, and then the public that wants to play with the betas can start doing so in July. Let's and, talk about more of that in our next segment with Jeff cool. Gamet of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps 
helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. You pick up the receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead. You finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. You. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Your personal rights and freedoms are under fire. Rising prices, drought conditions, domestic threats, and excessive government regulations only increase the threat. Having a supply of food is the difference between freedom and captivity. Depression time breadlines extended for blocks, and those at the end of the line not only experienced fear and humiliation, but often did not receive any food. Having a supply of GoFoods will keep you out of the breadlines and allow you freedom from government dependency for one of your greatest needs. Whether today or in 25 years, GoFoods will be there for you when you need it most. Buy it today, save it for later, feed your freedom. Special values now available. Call us at 800-648-9753 or on the web at www.storefoodnow.com. That's 800-648-9753 or www.storefoodnow.com. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So, on the Tech Night Owl Live, Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer is joining us. 
And we're talking here about Apple's announcements at the Worldwide Developers Conference, iOS 9. It's in beta now, and I have to tell you, I've seen the beta very uh-huh. briefly. Battery life ain't so good, but I've uh, seen the beta. That's okay. And it's got a brand new system font called San Francisco, which is the same font you see on Apple Watch. And it kind of looks like Helvetica or Helvetica version, the variant they're using now. Yeah, I believe it's Helvetica New Year that they're using right Something now. like that. That's yeah. kind of how it's pronounced. And that's a variation, a more modern variation of Helvetica. And Apple went to San Francisco, and the lettering is thicker in smaller sizes especially. It's a little easier to read in smaller sizes, which people right, will appreciate. Yeah, also, it does seem to work a little faster. Multitasking is handled somewhat differently, but really differently on the iPad. And there'll be some criticisms about that because they have a feature called split view. Mm-hmm. Now, split view is reminiscent of a similar feature on some Samsung products, also for Windows 8. Mm-hmm. You had a split view. So therefore, Apple is just imitating those people. But if you're going to have a multitasking system and the ability to run apps side by side, how else do you do it? Well, right now, the answer is, this is the way you do it. And it doesn't matter if there's an Apple logo, a Samsung logo, or a Microsoft logo on your product. It looks like right now, this is the way to do it. And uh, and sure, some people are going to say, yeah, look at that. Apple's just ripping them off. And and maybe they are, but but I'm not so sure. Uh, right now, I I don't know how else you could put two applications side by side on a tablet device and be able to use them efficiently. So whatever you do, this has to be the way to do it. Yeah, at least for right now. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that Apple is necessarily, we know they're not. It doesn't mean Apple is using the same technique to do it. It has nothing to do with the performance level. And there's another point of criticism. Okay, so we learn, for example, that with your split view on the iPad, it's restricted to the iPad Air 2. Why? Mm -hmm. Let's think about it. The iPad Air 2 has more system memory, more onboard system memory, 2 gigabytes, a more powerful processor, the A8X. And maybe Apple tried it on the lesser or the older iPads and it didn't work so well. My guess is that's part of it. Uh, the, the high-resolution screen, the larger size screen, I'm sure play into that decision as well. They may have been able to run this on, say, an iPad mini 3, but my guess is that it wasn't that good of an experience because the screen's too small and the processor's slower. Okay. So that might be an indication right there because we know in the past that Apple has omitted certain features from iOS for older hardware, yet they're still supporting the same number of iPhones and iPads and one version of the iPod Touch as iOS 8. Right, and, and that's really surprising with as much as they are, they are packing into iOS 9, you would think that they would have dropped, say, the, the iPhone 4S at least. But no, it's still going to be supported. And you can go all the way back on, on the iPad line to is the iPad 2, I believe. I mean, it, it goes back quite a ways, at least to the iPad 3. 
That's now, that's really impressive. It would be interesting to see how performance counts on those performance older models. ought to be better on the older models because of the improvements that Apple's making under the hood, and also the fact that uh, that the applications won't be, I don't want to use the term bloated, but won't be as as big as they are because there won't be the overhead that goes along with other devices tucked in there. All right. iOS 9. Now, what do you think are the most important features to you or have we covered them already? Well, okay. So on in iOS 9, the most important features for me first come down to security. And uh, and a perfect example of this is that the four-digit passcodes that we're using today are going to change to six-digit passcodes, and the the number of number combinations that you have with a six-digit code is exponentially larger than with a four-digit code. And that means that it will be a lot more difficult to perform a brute force attack on an iOS device so that you can get past the security code and then and then get out all the content. And then uh and and then of course there's the performance improvements. Uh I, one of the things that that I'm actually really intrigued by and uh, and can't wait to see in action is this whole thing with continuity over cellular and the the way the way this will work is that first yourself service provider has to to uh, support it. So that means at launch, it looks like T-Mobile will be the only company that does this. But then it means that your iPhone and your Mac and your iPad don't need to be on the same network. So you get a phone call on your iPhone, and let's say you forgot your phone at home today, but you're at work, your phone at home rings, and then your Mac and your iPad or whatever you're working with at work rings you can still answer your phone calls so that that's one of those things where i'm sure some people won't get why they would want it but i'm actually really intrigued with the idea of being able to leave my iphone charging at home and then grab my laptop and walk over to the coffee shop and still answer my phones while i'm working on projects while i'm sitting at a coffee shop without a phone in my pocket yeah and uh, and then on the mac side for OS 10 El Capitan, the big thing that, that I'm most excited about, and, and none of this is like really sexy stuff on the surface, but, but it still has me really excited. And this is metal on, on the El Capitan, or you know, in El Capitan. And metal is something that started on iOS, in iOS 8. And it's a system that lets the operating system and applications take advantage of the graphics processor alongside the the main processor so that you can enhance overall graphics performance and then overall system performance as well. So the the idea of of running an operating system and then apps that have been recoded to take advantage of this uh, on my current Mac is pretty exciting because it's going to be, in a manner of speaking, akin to getting a processor upgrade my computer should feel that much faster. Now, I haven't seen it, but did Apple put any limitations on support for metal on older Macs? I haven't seen that, or I haven't seen if there's anything 
saying where limitations are. My guess is that there there will be a break point where they say graphics cards from this year or earlier are not supported. And, uh, and, and I just don't know what that is yet. But I'm expecting that before long we will know. Right. I don't see that yet at Apple's site where they have a preview for El Capitan. The only thing they do say is that some features require developer adoption, which means, of course, developers are going to have to add the feature, and very much so is Metal. Now, there's a very interesting thing here. Supposedly, Adobe has already applied this to After Effects and seen rendering of your movies Mm-hmm. Sped up eight times. That's what Adobe says. This is not, you know, something that Apple says. This is not something where Apple is making a claim and people could say, well, they can make all the claims they want, but in the real world, what's going to happen? But that is something major, especially the commitment overall for Adobe to port their apps to support Metal, which gives the Mac version of Adobe's apps a huge advantage over the Windows version. We have more yes. huge advantages to express here. We've got Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and bad tweets can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? Reputation.com can protect your good name. Get a free consultation now at 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from Reputation.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
It's very easy to be a criminal. All you need to burglarize a home is one simple household tool, a pair of scissors. If your home security system can be compromised by a criminal using scissors, then you're making it easy for them. Almost every home security system, even those sold by big name companies, has a weakness. The phone line. You shell out 1500 bucks, get locked into a long-term contract, and think you're safe. But a burglar can destroy your alarm in seconds with one snip. And when a burglar cuts your phone line, you're you're defenseless. defenseless. Simply Safe Home Security is the smarter choice. Built by Harvard engineers, Simply Safe uses a wireless connection to call the cops. Scissors can't cut it, and that means your home stays safe. 24/7 professional monitoring is under $15 a month with no contract. Simply Safe Home Security keeps you safer than the other guys for half the cost. Protect your home with the alarm you can trust. Simply Safe. Go to simplysafedefense.com now for an exclusive 10% offer. That's simplysafedefense.com. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So once again, metal is, in a sense, using the power of the graphics chip on your Mac, as you can with recent iOS gear, to get better performance. And mm-hmm. when apps support that feature, games render much more quickly, and other apps perform better, and Adobe is doing it, and you're seeing a big improvement. And as I said, Adobe in the past has tried to make their apps as similar as possible, Mac and Windows versions. By supporting a Mac-specific technology for just the newest version of OS ten that comes out this fall, it means that the Mac version will have a decided performance advantage over the Windows version. Yeah, and, and I think it's pretty cool that Adobe is willing to embrace that because this this isn't about making sure they have feature parity and doing something that's, that they feel is better for themselves, but doing something that's better overall for their customers. And uh, And in this case, that means taking advantage of a new technology that offers substantial performance improvements on OS X. I'm really glad to see Adobe doing this, and I hope that other companies follow their lead. Just because you you have or just because you can't use something like this on Windows computers 
doesn't mean that you should restrict your Mac users from being able to enjoy the benefits that come along with it. And, uh, and, and so good for you, Adobe, for jumping in and adopting metal support in OS X. Now imagine when metal support is added to Final Cut Pro X, rendering those 5K movies. That's going to be very compelling. Yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens when people are, are doing serious audio editing as well. But uh, yeah, just just the, the performance improvements, the time that's going to be saved, being able to, to render video and audio so much faster, that's, that's going to excite a lot of people. And you're seeing where Apple tries to get performance improvements across the board. So for example, Intel's processors aren't getting much more powerful at all, they get more battery efficient. So what does Apple do? Well, they have faster solid-state drives being added to more and more Macs, which means that the stuff that relates to disk access, and it's a lot, it's almost always faster. They're adding all this stuff to improve performance. And here it is again. It shows a major commitment to the Mac platform. But just as important, those who are suggesting Apple is going to switch to ARM processors for the Mac... Ain't going to happen. Apple isn't spending all this time with stuff that's going to work with the existing Macs and then just simply throw out the processors. Yeah, the whole thing with Apple switching to ARM processors, that's not something that I've been buying into. The announcements that we got this year at WWDC totally reinforced that for me. Apple is embracing the technologies that they have today. It sure looks like they're laying the groundwork to continue with the same technology, just newer versions uh, in the next several years to come. Now, at a time where Microsoft is, shall we say, copying features from mission control and spaces on the Mac, Apple is enhancing both. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Also, they've got a split view for the Mac also, which is similar to the one in Windows 8. But remember, Windows 8 has practically no multitasking at all, so it's the only method. On the Mac, it's just one more way. Now, with Spotlight, it's going to be more sensitive to natural language and deliver more information. And I'm thinking here with Spotlight, the more and more Apple adds to the potential for search results, the less need you have for doing it in your browser. That's not going to help Google, is it? No, it's not. And this is a very intentional move on Apple's part. I'm certain of it. Apple wants to cut Google out of as much of the Mac experience as they possibly can. And with the changes that they've been making to Spotlight, we're, we're seeing that very clearly. And even for the search results that Apple does show to users that are coming from uh, search engines like Google, they're still being displayed in the Spotlight interface. So it still has kind of the Spotlight feel. So in that sense, Apple is, is sidestepping Google even when it shows people Google search results. And I think that Apple is is like seriously working on their own search engine and whether or not that's available to everyone or just Mac users or and iOS users remains to be seen. But I think that Apple really wants to cut Google out physically as much as it can from the search results side as well. Well, on iOS, they use Bing for the search results. I think that's only temporary. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, they're using Bing. I think that 
the search engine that Apple is working on is going to be something for iOS and OS X. Well, it looks like they're providing some sort of feature parity between the two search things, except on the Mac, you do not get Siri. And some people say, well, Microsoft is giving you Cortana, so why shouldn't Apple give you Siri? And the answer is, I don't want it on a desktop computer. Imagine people are in an office talking to their computer from cubicle to cubicle. That's going to be kind of messy. You know, I tried this back in System 8 because Apple had, uh, I, I forgot what they called the feature back then, but you could talk to your computer and you could, you could have it perform all kinds of tasks. And it was really cool and it really sucked at the same time because there were other people around. It was disruptive to them because I was talking to my computer and there were many times where they thought I was talking to them and so then they would start talking and it would now mess up what I was trying to say to my computer. The, the world of Star Trek where, where we can all talk to the computer, we're not there yet. And even in the world of Star Trek, you only see one person talking at a time. Right. You have to be very careful about that, because if everybody's talking to the computer, it's going to be messy. And that's what they don't realize when they talk about these features. So the nice thing about the new Spotlight will be natural language search, the ability to resize and move the results window, which is very important. Yes. That seems to be a big deal. Okay. And I understand that. Now, in looking over other features for El Capitan, there is the missing cursor, the case of the missing cursor. Suddenly, you've, your Mac awakens. Where's the cursor? Where's the cursor? You and shake it. We jiggle the cursor around to figure out where it is. And what Apple does is when you jiggle it around, it gets bigger. And when they showed this, it was one of those things where it was like a smack yourself in the forehead moment. Like, how could this have not been here before? And why hadn't I thought of it myself before? I mean, it's it's a... It's a brilliant, stupid little thing that is absolutely fantastic. And, and I'm so, I'm, I'm inappropriately excited about the cursor jiggle thing. Very, very promising. Very, very promising. Yes, I agree. Okay, so there it is. Some of the additional improvements of El Capitan. Going to be faster launching, 1.4 times as fast. Faster app switching, supposedly preview will open up four times faster. That sort of thing. All the things that kind of make it a lot better. Yes, mail will be far more responsive than it is now, which for me is great because mail on my Mac is just dog slow. Yeah, so, so these performance improvements that are coming, I'm very pleased to, to see them coming. And once again, El Capitan will be out this fall, probably October, in keeping with past experience. You'll be able to get the public beta starting in July. Developers have already gotten a hold of it, but it's a little shaky, as you would expect. Sure. And it'll be much better by the time the public beta is available, and better still by the time the official shipping version comes out this fall. Uh, the the thing that that I just have to remind people about, and I know I say this a lot. Remember, this is beta software. And when beta says, or when Apple says something is beta, they really mean it. That means that things aren't going to work right. Some things won't work at all. Some things will cause crashes. You may lose data. Don't put this on a mission critical device. So if you have, say, only one iPhone and you use it for everything, 
I wouldn't be putting the beta of iOS 9 there. And if you only have one Mac and it's it's the Mac you need for all the important stuff you do in your life, don't put OS 10 El Capitan beta on it because at some point you'll be sorry that that you did. Now, if you have a second drive that you could set up a partition or something and play around with it, that's what I do. Yeah, that, I set up another partition and I play with it and I say, okay, this way, if things blow up, I won't have a problem. I ran into this with Yosemite where I couldn't install the thing and finally found a drive where it would work properly. It was really flaky. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer, who isn't flaky, and we have Gene Steinberg, who sometimes is, on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Good people need help. The Homeowners Association said we had weeds and fined us $25. We told them they had the wrong house. They said if we didn't pay it, they'd file a lien. Our attorney demanded photographs, witnesses, and told them if they couldn't provide this, they must cease and desist. Issue solved. Worry less and live more with LSProtection.com. That's LSProtection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. That's 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Virtually anyone can hack your cell phone and track your calls, your texts, your emails, your every movement, but only if they can detect a signal. Stay one step ahead of hackers and Big Brother with a Block It Pocket, a custom-made pocket infused with pure silver that creates a complete Faraday enclosure for your cell phone. For free shipping to the lower 48, visit BlockItPocket.com or call 888-315-9618, BlockItPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Healthy elimination is essential to high energy, a cheerful mood, and prevention of disease. Some of the founders of our modern holistic health thinking state that disease begins in a toxic colon. A toxic intestinal tract is the foundation for virtually all degenerative disease, and a clean and well-moving intestinal tract is the foundation of health. I just want to say that you folks have an amazing product. I've taken whey protein products for years, and I've never noticed results I have with your product. I've suffered with thoughts of constipation most of my life. Within a few days of taking One World Whey, I know a dramatic change. Also, in the past few years, I've experienced symptoms associated with diabetes. I feel horrible when I've had too much sugar, and I've been getting the foot pain as well. But I've noticed in the past week or so, I'm not feeling bad anymore, and the foot pain is gone. I'm just finishing up a five-pound tub I ordered and just got off the phone ordering more. I love your product. Thank you. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer is here. We're talking about the developments at WWDC. So we had... El Capitan OS 10.11 coming this fall, public beta in July, iOS 9, the promise of a proactive Siri, promise of improved maps. I didn't get much into that except with the new maps, you'll have the first foray by Apple into providing transit information in big cities like San Francisco, New York City. It seems they emphasize in the first group 
to have cities there that have big public transportation systems, which is very important. Yes, Now, the criticism smart. is, well, Apple only has like 10 cities, and Google had a lot more back in 2008, so why did Apple take so long? Well, I think it's because Apple has been putting a lot more effort into the little details than, than Google was. And, and by that, I mean Apple has done things like go to the subway depots and the train stations and the bus stations that you're going to be walking to, and they've logged where the entrances are. So when, when you get walking directions to the bus depot, it's going to give you directions to the door you actually need to go into, which is going to save you time and, uh, and probably several steps at least. And, and for some people could mean the difference between actually catching their, their scheduled ride or missing it. Very important, especially in New York City. Right. Yeah. So some of that stuff you, you, you weren't seeing in Google's transit directions. And, and I think because Apple did send people out like on foot to note where doors are, I think that's, that's making a big difference. And that's part of what has been delaying Apple's launch of their transit system and limiting it to a number of cities. And then also keep in mind just how much of a disaster people felt Maps was when Apple first launched it. It was limited it wasn't nearly as much of a disaster for me as it was for other people, but I can see why Apple wouldn't want to repeat that, especially with with new features coming to Maps. And remember, Google Maps is pretty flawed. It really sure. is. Don't assume that Google Maps is the only way to go. You know, what you could do is use Apple Maps and Google Maps and compare them and see which one seems to provide more of the directions you need. Right. And and there will be situations where one is better than the other. Yeah, I agree. Don't assume that Google Maps is infallible because there are plenty of errors there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, just a couple of days ago, I did walking directions in Google Maps just because it's good for me to stay on top of everything that's happening there. I actually prefer to use Apple's Maps. So Google Maps gives me directions to the business that, that I needed to walk to. And it was gone and had been for uh, it had moved from that location like a year ago. And Google Maps was wrong. It, just, it, it still showed the wrong location for this business. Did you check it with Apple Maps? And it was correct on Apple Maps. I should I should have used Apple Maps for that one. Well, I know one instance where Google Maps had me about a mile off and getting to a health food store. But I was able to figure it out from the address. But Google Maps wasn't quite there. I tried it taking my wife to a physical rehabilitation center. She had broken her patella or her knee some weeks back and needs to go to physical rehabilitation to regain full use of her knee. It was a pretty messy operation. And we kind of got lost with Google Maps. I didn't have the time to look with Apple Maps. I just called the place and said, where are you? And this is Google Maps now. So don't depend on that. And I remember when they first were saying, ah, Google Maps is so much better, and I got downloaded the app on iOS, and it said it was a beta. We're not responsible if we make a mistake, in so many words. Yeah, and see, this is a problem with, with Google, because so many of the products that they release to the public for regular use are beta. And Google has a different idea, I think, of what beta means than, than other people 
And so they'll roll out products that, that are beta and they just simply don't work right at times. They stay broken for a long time and Google's response is, well, it's beta. Yeah, we didn't do it. We don't care about it. It's not our fault. One more thing before we go on to Apple Music, and that is move to iOS. Apple has a new app coming out with iOS 9 that will allow people who use Android smartphones to go to an iPhone or iPad with this app. It's going to work wirelessly, transfer much of your data. And I think in spirit, it's kind of the way the migration assistant works on Macs, where you can also transfer your stuff from Windows. The additional thing is, of course, that they will recommend comparable apps on iOS. So there may be certain apps available in Google Play for which there is no equivalent, although the real good ones do have equivalents. But Mm -hmm. where they don't, they'll suggest apps that do the same thing. I thought that was such a smart move for Apple because I think one of the biggest hurdles to get people over uh, to switch from Android to iOS is the fact that it's very intimidating to get all of your files and personal data from your Android phone into an iPhone. Uh, for, For smart people like you and me, we can figure this stuff out. And it may be tedious, but we can do it. But for the average person, that's reason enough to not ever bother switching to iPhone because you don't want to lose all your data and all your photos and all your songs. And so creating this this migration tool is going to fix that problem for a lot of people. And I think it also says that Apple's at a point where they are ready to, instead of simply relying on the iPhone's popularity to draw new customers, they're ready to actively start targeting competing markets. And so they're going after the Android market now. And you see, for example, Google's innovation in Android is less and less. Like Android M, I read the specs, and then one of our occasional guests, Daniel Aaron Dilger, who writes with Apple Insider, had a long article showing where Google has simply taken features from iOS that Apple had. And yet now, of course, we're hearing how Apple borrowed features from other platforms And we see a lot of that. One article from Wired said that Apple took a host of things from Windows 8. It was just split view, one feature. But it was a host. The host became one. And that kind of criticism, where it's always happened, where each platform borrows from the other, and Apple borrowed a few. But how many of those platforms took stuff from Apple? Yeah, it it happens all the time. And it it goes both ways. And and some of these... Features are things where companies are just blatantly ripping off their their competitors' designs, and in other cases, it's a natural progression of of the way interfacing with with our devices works, and that's just how it's going to look. So, you know, a- Apple does this, Microsoft does this, Google does this. Uh, All these companies are doing this. And the real trick is, are they doing it in the right way? Or are they just uh, ripping each other off and and assuming that the lawsuits that will come is just uh, part of the cost of doing business? There you go. That explains a lot of things. But it bothered me the media focused so much on that, not on how well the features are implemented just that these other platforms had them. Well, Apple 
is one of those companies that that the media has always loved to bag on. And now that Apple is really the top dog in so many ways, they're going to be subject to all types of scrutiny and uh, and criticism, regardless of whether or not it is warranted. And so what, what we're seeing now with companies or, or with media publications saying Apple flat out ripped off all of Windows 10 or whatever, and then they show one feature and they say, see, see? Well, that as frustrating as that is, that's to be expected because, unfortunately, that's just the way a lot of media coverage works now. Here's how this works. Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com where you get the ad-free version of this show, plus.technightowl.com. Check it out. One more segment with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Usually, the older one gets, the less you are able to absorb amino acids and the less you are able to repair the 100 trillion cells of your body. As a result, you'll have less energy, your tissues will shrink, and you'll become wrinkled. An older person will typically injure more easily and heal more slowly. Not fun. However, if you can consume a protein powder that is easier to absorb, then you may be able to gain back some strength, muscle, and speed of recovery. One World Whey is a highly digestible whey protein powder that may be the perfect answer for you. My name is Errol. I'm 74 years old. You know, the taste of One World Whey is amazing. I play pickleball, and since taking One World Whey and your trace mineral supplement, I have more energy and recover faster from my working out. I used to take another grass-fed whey protein powder, but now I'm getting much better results using One World Whey. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. 
For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. Honey, it's time for dinner. What are you doing over there on your computer? I'm shopping for a new wallet. Mine is falling apart. Hey, did you know there's a company called ID Stronghold that makes shielded wallets to prevent electronic pickpocketing? Oh, I didn't realize there was such a thing as electronic pickpocketing. What is that? Well, apparently, many of the new credit and debit cards being issued have radio chips inside them called RFID that transmit our banking information to card readers when we pay. Unfortunately, a bad guy can also get one of these readers and go around the city scanning people, collecting their credit card numbers and personal information without us knowing it. Wow, that sounds scary. Since you're getting a new wallet anyway, you should definitely get an ID Stronghold shielded wallet. Are they more expensive? No. In fact, I can get a shielded leather wallet from IDStronghold.com for the same price or less than regular unshielded wallets from other stores. Sounds great. My wallet isn't falling apart yet, but let me pick one out too. I want to be protected, and these wallets at IDStronghold.com look fantastic. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Okay, it's not Beats Music anymore, it's Apple Music. Jeff Gamut, what can you tell us about it? All right, so so yeah, that's, that's a great basic description. It's not Beats Music anymore, it's Apple Music. So Apple Music is comprised of, of three parts. You have a streaming music service, you have an internet radio service, and then you have uh, what I'm calling a social networking service where artists, musical artists, can interact with their fans. So the, the streaming music service, uh, that, that's going to tie in to a lot of what is already available to us through iTunes Music. And then we have the radio service, which is called Beats One, and that is very interesting and I'm really looking forward to testing this out because what Apple is doing is taking the idea of internet radio stations and throwing it old school. So it's more like terrestrial radio, meaning over-the-air radio waves, in that instead of putting together automated playlists, which is what you have on a lot of, of the, I'm doing air quotes, internet radio services, Apple has real humans, DJs, people that that are the top of their field, putting together the playlists. So you you get that human touch. So the the emotional aspect that goes along with music is being taken into account with what Apple is doing. So this is a global internet-based radio station running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with offices in in a few cities. Uh, around the world, I think this has the potential to be very big and very powerful for Apple. 
Correct me if I'm wrong, that feature will be free. Everything else requires paying for it, although Apple will offer three months free. That's $9.95 a month, $14.95 for six people. Okay, and that $14.95, whatever it is, for six people, that's really big right there because there's a lot of families that have up to six people that really want to use a streaming service. And they've had to pay 10 bucks a head to do that. And now, later this month, when, when all this rolls out, they'll be able to have, even if it's just two people, it's going to cost less than it would have previously through the other services. But then being able to have up to six people for that, for that $15 a month, that's really impressive. And that's something that Apple's competitors are really going to have to scramble to figure out how to match with, without screwing up their books. And Apple will have the home court advantage. Right now we hear that Spotify has 20 million subscribers, but that was released the same week as Apple Music saying, well, okay, but we've got 20 million already. And they're getting venture capital funding. They're not making a profit yet, I don't think. But Apple can play long ball here. They can push this real heavily on all their new gadgets and very quickly get 10 or 20 million to subscribe. Right. Plus, Apple has substantially more music available through Beats 1 and, well, through the whole Apple Music service than many of their competitors. Because Apple is launching with, I believe it's about 30 million tracks and that that's far more than spotify has it comes june 30th there's going to be an update for ios 8.4 with bug fixes it's available in public beta if you want to try it and understand you could brick your phone that way and it is possible to restore but it's kind of tricky you have to find a third-party source for the older version of your ios software and i don't want to get into that so i won't tell you how to do it but it is possible i've done it All right, it'll be available for Mac and Windows with iTunes. And coming this fall for Apple TV, and I suspect part of the new Apple TV, it's going to be a feature, and Android, the first Apple product for Android. Not to switch from Android, but if you're using Android and you want to have a music app, a music service, Apple will give it to you. Hmm. That was very interesting. It's it's pretty clear Apple is serious about being a big player in the streaming music market. They have apps for their own platforms, apps for Windows, and then coming soon, apps for Android. That's That's a big thing, too. The halo effect. People get used to using Apple Music. They like it. Well, maybe the next time they buy a smartphone or a tablet, they'll buy an iPhone, they'll buy an iPad. Right. And yeah, and we see stuff like this already all the time. There's one thing that someone really wants and it turns out that uh, that they had a feature that ultimately ties into an Apple product so then their next computer is a Mac or their next smartphone is an iPhone. Apple is really smart about the way they play this game. Interesting also when they produce this which models of Android will they use? Because remember here Android's a very fragmented platform. Yeah, A lot of the smartphones are low-end, and I suspect Apple's going to have fairly significant requirements or just require like the last two versions of Android so they get the cream of the crop, not the junk. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. 
And it, it will certainly be much easier for Apple to support if they limit which versions of Android they're supporting. And, and then especially limiting, limiting it to just a couple of recent versions. Especially if it covers a lot of Samsung smartphones. Right. Because yeah, and, I think will... Apple would love to have their app playing on a Samsung Galaxy whatever with can obviously you... the temptation to dump the Galaxy next time. Can you imagine just how infuriating that's going to be for Samsung's uh, leadership when they see Apple logos popping up on the smartphones that they sell? And remember here, it's not that Google will just try to block their Apple Music app, because remember, Google makes a lot of money from Apple's platforms with their apps. So they'd be very reluctant to try to block anything Apple does on their platform because it goes both ways. Yeah, that's true. It does. Apple is a big moneymaker for Google. They, they don't want to lose that. And Apple is already pulling stuff away from them. Yeah, that's true. And they will continue to do so. Apple is in this for the long haul. Right. I'm, the critics will say, well, we already have these other music services, whereas Apple had the temerity to think they can succeed. Well, look at Apple's marketing. Look at how many devices this will be available on. It'll probably be standard issue with iOS 9. So you'll get the app with the configuration where you can set up your membership. I think they'll get 20 million memberships in the first year. But what do I know? Jeff Gamut, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do. Oh, sure. Uh, They can find me over at MacObserver.com. And I I write over there with a bunch of incredibly brilliant and talented people. And then you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter name is Jay Gamut. And uh, and you can find me over at Fresh Brewed Tales, where I write about the interesting things I see people doing at coffee shops. And then on a bunch of podcasts like like TMO Daily Observations and Apple Context Machine and the iOS show. And on the Tech Night How Live a real commercial radio show. That's right. And it's always awesome to, to be on with you. You, you. You're just a blast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to A2Hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, A2Hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. 
At 30dayfoodsupply.com, two of our top priorities are providing quality food at a reasonable price and protecting your security. When you call 800-700-2184, we will never record your phone call and never ask for your personal information, like how much food you have stored or where you keep it. We'll also never store your credit card information and email address on a computer. Your email address will never be shared or sold. We'll never limit the number of boxes you can purchase. We'll never use outside packers or use relabeled food from another company. Our meals are naturally high in fiber, carbs, and protein, and everything is packed with oxygen absorbers and mylar pouches under our direct supervision at our plant in Oregon. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying directly from their producers in Oregon and then passing the savings on to you. Call 800-700-2184 and purchase our 30-day 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Visit our website 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 800-700-2184. That's 30dayfoodsupply.com at 800-700-2184. Extend your life with Extendovite. Why do over 50% of North Americans suffer from some form of chronic ailment? Could it be due to a toxic overload? It's time to take back your life. Get the lead out as well as the cadmium, mercury, and calcium. Extendivite is a garlic cayenne supplement with five other herbs that acts like a natural Drano, cleaning out the stored toxins, restoring your energy and youthfulness that we've lost. If you would like to live your life free of sickness, pain, or fear, then Extendivite is for you. Available in either capsules or liquid, you too can see why Extendivite is the number one heart drop available. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Healthy elimination is essential to high energy, a cheerful mood, and prevention of disease. Some of the founders of our modern holistic health thinking state that disease begins in a toxic colon. A toxic intestinal tract is the foundation for virtually all degenerative disease. And a clean and well-moving intestinal tract is the foundation of health. I just want to say that you folks have an amazing product. I've taken whey protein products for years, and I've never noticed results I have with your product. I've suffered with thoughts of constipation most of my life. Within a few days of taking One World Whey, I know noticed a dramatic change. Also, in the past few years, I've experienced symptoms associated with diabetes. I feel horrible when I've had too much sugar, and I've been getting the foot pain as well. But I've noticed in the past week or so, I'm not feeling bad anymore, and the foot pain is gone. I'm just finishing up a five-pound tub I ordered and just got off the phone ordering more. I love your product. Thank you. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, and he is therefore the perfect person to ask about Apple Music. Is it all you expected it to be? Do you care about it? And what is your assessment? So many questions. So many questions. First, is it what I expected? It's it's so close to what I actually predicted that I think Apple must be reading my website in order to determine what new features they add to iTunes. No, I'm kidding there. Um, What I predicted is essentially that there will be a blurring of the boundaries between your iTunes library 
what you have locally, what you have on iTunes Max, and what you can stream. And from what Apple has said, this is basically what's happened. So you'll be able, for example, to create a playlist using a half a dozen songs that you've got in your iTunes library, songs that you've ripped or purchased, as well as, say, 10 songs that you stream from the iTunes store, and maybe some things in iTunes Match that you don't have in your library. I'm sure that we'll see a different sort of icon next to each track indicating where it's located, um, but as long as you've got the bandwidth to download things when the next song comes up on a playlist, you won't notice the difference. Now, this is going to be the case both on iTunes on the desktop and on mobile, um, where, again, if you do sync music, and you may not want to sync music uh, anymore if you're going to be streaming a lot, depending on your data plan, but if you do sync music, some you'll have playlists that maybe contain music you've synced from your library and music that you've added to playlists but not downloaded, which you would then stream to your mobile devices. I know it sounds a little complicated, but I think when it comes out, it's going to be a lot simpler than the way it seems. Uh, basically, you'll have access to everything, and it won't matter where it is anymore. And you just pay Apple nine ninety nine a month for all this joy, or fourteen ninety nine for your family group of six. Yeah, the, the family plan pricing is really quite aggressive. The only downside is that the family plan requires that you use Apple's family sharing. Um, a lot of people have highlighted problems with this, especially if you've got a couple of kids who already have their own Apple IDs uh, or if you've all been sharing an Apple ID. Um, it's really something I've avoided because one of the things about family sharing is if you you, you create what's called a family group, and if you, if you add a device to it, you can't change that device's group for 90 days. So I was very worried about trying with my different devices and adding them to this group and finding I could no longer download any content because they were blocked in a group. And also, you need a number of different Apple IDs, and I could certainly set up Apple IDs to do this, um, but it's complicated. Everyone I've seen who's using it in real life has basically stopped using it because it's so problematic. So the issue here is they've taken a very simple, basic approach to this family unit thing. That doesn't apply to a lot of people, so they'll have to consider whether they want to buy multiple licenses, go through hoops to be able to work within the structure. Well, the thing is, if you've already got Apple IDs, then it's more complicated. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I remember Jason Snell wrote an article a couple of months ago on Six Colors um, talking about the problems that he's had. Um, several other people I know have reiterated what he said. Um, it's problematic. I hope that Apple straightens out some of the issues with family sharing. I know that one article I read said that um, if you have family sharing, you can't download free apps. For some reason, uh, individual developers can choose whether apps can be downloaded under family sharing, and in some cases you can't. And it makes a whole difficult problem for free apps, because for some reason, developers of free apps don't, th there are many cases where they don't let you download them in family groups. So you can't just download anything. Um, the thing is that family sharing won't only apply to Apple Music, it will apply to everything on your iOS devices. So is there a way for you to know in advance what you're getting into, or is this something that comes at you as a surprise? I think it's pretty much a surprise, and, and really, everyone who's written about this has highlighted the surprises they've found over time. It's not a problem if you're just setting it up for the first time. 
if your kids have never had Apple IDs and you're creating the first Apple IDs, then it's really simple. But apparently it gets more complicated if people have existing accounts. It's not technically merging accounts, but it's similar to that. Um, Apple doesn't let you merge accounts. Merge, Let's say you have two Apple IDs. You can't merge them and put all the content that's in each of the accounts into a single account. Um, but with family sharing, there are some complications that if you've already got an Apple ID, I'm not sure what the restrictions are. Um, if you had warned me in advance, I would have done more research. Um, but I would recommend that anyone who's planning to do this take a look at it um, and check it out to see if it fits their family situation. On the other hand, 15 bucks a month is really a good price. If you've got a couple of kids, you know, two parents, two kids, that's a little more, that's a little less than four bucks each. That's really an awfully good price. Well, it's good to know there that they have a plan, but I would think in constructing these packages they would think through these problems they never mentioned them it's not as if you could just interview an apple executive and say you know your family plan is a mess you have all these complications you haven't dealt with the fact that even a single individual may have multiple apple ids you have different apple ids across a family and this ends up being complete confusion and apple wants to improve the customer experience isn't this an important part of that yeah. Um, and, and the thing about family sharing is only, it only shows up in a footnote on the Apple Music website. L- let's wait and see. It's very possible that they're going to make some improvements to family sharing because of the large number of people who will start using it now. So for, for now, everyone I know who's used it says it's problematic. Maybe they're going to change it at the end of the month. Remember, Apple Music goes live on June 30th. Um, maybe by that time, they'll get things sorted out. I have a big question about family plan. Is it location specific? I mean, you're in a situation here where you have two or three kids and they're off in college. Can they all share the Apple ID and all share the content? What happens? Oh, it doesn't matter where you are. No. And in fact, Apple doesn't um, do, what's the term for limiting people when they're in another country? Geolocalization or whatever. Um, Apple doesn't do that at all. So even if they're in another country like your son, Grayson, um, then it would be totally possible for him to share your family account. Well, Grayson, on the other hand, has his own Apple ID and he has his own stuff going on. So he doesn't share in the family anymore. But if you wanted to create a family group, which is different because you're still keeping. So the family group has one overarching Apple ID. So the, the parent that runs everything. Um, and then the other Apple IDs are linked to it somehow. So it is entirely possible. So but then I could no link location. his Apple ID to my family or, plan, and he exactly. gets the benefits. Right. You could do that. Apple's got to explain this. Yeah, yeah I we, think this we're, is- we're really happy to know that we have split view coming in the iPad Air 2 and all that. We're happy that... We're going to have Beats 1, the 24-7 radio station. We're going to have live curation. We're going to have all these great benefits of Apple Music. But when you make it inconvenient for people to use it, if they have a family and existing relationships with Apple, that's a problem. Yeah. But I tell you what, I promise that I'll look into that in the next week or so. And next time you have me on the show, I'll try and give some more information about how it works. Okay, so this is the issue here. In fact... 
If any of you have had problems with your Apple ID, we're happy to hear from you. Write to news at technightowl.com, news at technightowl.com. Tell us about the problem. And if it's anything that maybe is in Kirk's area of expertise, I'll send it over to him so he can study it and see what to do. And certainly I would hope that when people talk to Apple executives, as John Gruber did with Philip Schiller, they'll ask questions like that, not just on the value of a 16-gigabyte iPhone or iPad, but more solid stuff. We'll be talking about iOS 9. We'll be talking about OS 10 El Capitan and more. We'll be talking about iOS 9. We'll be talking about OS 10 El Capitan and more. We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Hi, Coast to Coast listeners. I'm Kay Swirling from KSCO Radio in Santa Cruz. I'm 93 years old, and I'm a big fan of George Norrie because his topics and guests are fascinating and really get you thinking. George is just as bothered as I am by all the advertising you hear for toxic prescription drugs that make you sicker, not healthy. I prefer to give my body all 90 essential nutrients it needs for life to prevent disease, not compound it. My favorite complete supplement is Beyond Tangy Tangerine from Longevity, which I take every day along with EFA Plus and Beyond Osteo FX, which together are called the Healthy Start Pack. I recommend you go online to criticalhealthnews.com to purchase these products. That's criticalhealthnews.com or call 855-949-RADIO. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials, 
commercial. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. We continue with Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, talking about Apple Music. Is there anything you hoped that Apple would add or you wish Apple would add that Apple Music doesn't have? Um, well, that's a good question, actually. I can't really see anything that's missing. You'll get access to most of what's in the iTunes store, and that most of is quite important because record labels can opt out, or they can choose to not opt in, basically. Um, record labels received contracts the day after the announcement, uh, and they can decide if they want to opt in or not. So you're not going to get everything on the iTunes store. Apparently, the Beatles aren't going to be available um, the jazz label ECM that doesn't stream any place is definitely not going to be available. Um, there are some independent classical labels that I know won't be available as well. So you're not going to get everything from here. Now, out of the 37 million songs that, um, or, or tracks, which is more appropriate, that, I, that Apple says are in the iTunes store, um, does that represent a lot? No, it's probably less than a million. But if you're a big jazz fan and you like ECM you're not going to be able to listen to their music and you'll still have to buy it. If you're a fan of certain independent classical labels um, and, and you can't get their music through there, you're just not going to be able to get it. Now, Apple can't force these labels to do this. And, and a lot of these classical labels in particular are very hesitant because streaming is paid per song. I think there's a, a, a five-minute um, threshold for a higher rate but if you've got a classical symphony, say it's four movements and it's an hour long, basically they're getting paid for four tracks, whereas a 10-song pop album is getting paid for 10 tracks for the same hours listening. So classical music and even to a certain extent jazz, you know, improvisation, Miles Davis did a lot of live tracks that were 20 minutes or more. 
these labels really don't want to get penalized by this. So the only thing missing is basically everything. But if you look at Spotify or any of the other companies, they don't have everything either. Okay, um, so the key here is that if you bought the music anyway, it doesn't matter. It's right, only it, the music you haven't bought that you're, in a sense, leasing for exactly. nine ninety nine a month. This is still a motivation to buy music. The fact that there are certain labels and artists that won't be available for streaming. And this also means that, as I said earlier, it'll be pretty transparent whether the music you're listening to is in your library physically or you're streaming. So you'll be able to combine all of this music. It doesn't mean the end of buying music. And frankly, uh, if the Beatles aren't available, I can imagine that a lot of people will still buy Beatles albums. Um, if ECM's not available, Keith Jarrett has a pretty large following, nowhere near as much as the Beatles. People will keep buying those albums. So you're, you're able to combine everything. Um, just don't expect that everything from the iTunes store is streamable. And I don't really know how they're going to indicate that. My guess is that when you go to the page for a specific album in the iTunes store, you'll see an icon that either says it's streamable or not or something. It's not it's not complicated to do, but you will have to pay attention that sometimes you'll come across music you can't stream. The one thing that I find a little bit disturbing about the way they've set up the radio part of this, so the thing they're calling Beats One Radio, is so this is a 24-7 radio that's technically broadcasting around the world. In other words, from London, New York, and Los Angeles, I think. Is that it? It's in English. It's only in English. It's only in the United States and UK, at least the DJs are. So it's not going to focus on regional content in any country that has a strong local music scene. Um, I think of France and Canada and Germany and a lot of other countries where local music, while it may not be necessarily great, is relatively popular. Um, there was an article by someone, I can't remember who it was, who basically said that with all of what they're going to be able to play with interviews and everything, they can't really play more than 150 songs a day. Um, this is not a radio station that's going to be for anyone who's not interested in pop, rock, hip-hop, um, you know, the, the, the best-selling genres. It won't be for people interested in world music, jazz, classic, or whatever. Um, it'll be very, very, very limited to lowest common denominator pop and English language countries, it'll all be in English, even though uh, Apple Music is going to be available in 100 countries. This may be just an early limitation, and maybe they'll be adding stations in other countries over time. But for start, I'm very surprised that they've just limited this to a single station. Well, remember, it's the beginning of the product. They're obviously going to make changes ongoing as they see how things work. Now, Apple has an advantage here, and we'll go into it. We have Spotify, which the same week that Apple revealed Apple Music, we have 20 million members, they said, and they've got another round of venture capital funding. They have 20 million paid subscribers. They have 75 million users, and 20 million of them pay monthly. Okay, whereas but here's the, the thing. Whereas the previous number was 10 million. They were waiting for Apple to announce to be able to come out with their numbers. But Spotify has never made a profit. It's still living on Exactly. Venture capital. And, and whether that can be converted to a profitable enterprise, I do not know. I don't know the economics of the industry or the infrastructure. On the other hand, Apple 
could break even with the service and would still be successful. They don't have to make a profit. They just draw people in. They have 800 million credit cards for iTunes. Yeah. That's the base from which they provide this. So now, they could what, just get a just, fraction of that and do well. Yeah. And the other thing here is opening it up this fall for Android users. Yep. So the 800 million is an interesting number, but remember that Apple Music is only going to be available in 100 countries. So let's say they've got 700 million users in those 100 countries. Not all of these users have iOS devices. So a lot of these are people who only have Macs, um, or a lot of them are people who only have iPhones and don't have computers. Um, What's interesting is there are two ways to look at it. Apple doesn't need to make money. They can't. They technically can't lose money um, because that would raise some serious antitrust issues. In the European Union, you can't sell things at a loss. So if Apple were actually losing money on this, they would, Spotify would be able to file suit um, for unfair competition. So Apple does have to at least attempt to make a profit. I mean, they can't just throw this away. They don't need the money. And, and Apple's main reason to do this is... Um, they just want to sell more hardware. So the more people who like this, the more people are going to buy iPhones. It's pretty simple. Um, They don't have to crush Spotify for this to be successful. And if anything, what, what may happen is that Apple is going to get an awful lot of people that, for whatever reason, didn't like Spotify or Deezer or... Uh, you know, any of the other streaming services, they may get people who've never used a streaming service, which could have an interesting effect on Spotify and help them get more people eventually. So on, on the one hand, if you're, if you're in the Apple ecosystem and you use iTunes and you've got an iTunes library, there's absolutely no reason to not use this and to use Spotify instead. If, however, you're an Android user, um, if you're an, an, an Apple user and you don't really have much of an iTunes library, then this is very, then it is very tempting to possibly use Spotify. So Spotify doesn't have to suffer, um, but I think that Apple, with they're offering a three-month trial. Um, they're going to get tens of millions of users on the three-month trial, and I think that come see June, July, August, September, come October first, when people have to pony up. Um, I think they're going to get a huge number of people paying for this. So you don't, you still think though, there's plenty of room for multiple services. I think if anything, Apple is legitimizing the idea of streaming music. Um, a lot of people have been hesitant. I mean, I buy a lot of CDs and I'm not really the kind of person who wants to rent music. Um, and I don't like the Spotify app. I don't like the Spotify approach. Their metadata is crap. Um, it's not for me iTunes, on the other hand, it's I'm very comfortable with iTunes, obviously. So this will fit into my workflow easily for ten bucks a month. I'll buy a few fewer CDs every year, um, probably a lot fewer. Um, and if anything, that's the real consideration. How many people will stop buying CDs almost entirely and stop buying downloads as well um, because they're paying for streaming music? And that's you know the economics of this is very complicated. Uh, I know Spotify has often said that if enough people subscribe to streaming services, be it Spotify or any other, then the amount of money that they're putting into the music industry in aggregate is going to be higher than what is not being spent on CDs and downloads. 
And it's true that there could be a tipping point, and, and Apple could be the ones who create this tipping point. Okay, Apple Music. More to come. Also, we'll talk about OS ten El Capitan and iOS 9. With Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, I'm Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night How Live. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Now, a twice-as-nice Twin Kit special offer from Complete H2O Minerals for all GCN listeners. Get a Complete H2O Minerals Twin Kit with 33 different minerals, vitamins, and amino acids all in a liquid form. Enough for two people for one month. Regular price, $89.95. But now, Complete H2O Minerals is offering the Twin Kit for $69.95. And all GCN listeners receive a bonus 16-ounce bottle of Ionic Silver absolutely free with free shipping. A $120 total value. Hurry, limited time offer. Call 803-794-4767 or click CompleteH2OMinerals.com. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state in back taxes, you know they'll never stop coming after you. With bank levies, wage garnishments, they'll even seize your home or business. The good news? A government program for tax debt forgiveness. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative. I'm Paul Sibley. With U.S. Tax Shield, we can help navigate the new laws, get you protected, and resolve your tax issues permanently. Call the experts at U.S. Tax Shield now for your free consultation and get a guaranteed quote to resolve your case. Call 800-436-6451. That's 800-436-6451. Usually, the older one gets, the less you are able to absorb amino acids and the less you are able to repair the 100 trillion cells of your body. As a result, you'll have less energy, your tissues will shrink, and you'll become wrinkled. An older person will typically injure more easily and heal more slowly. Not fun. However, if you can consume a protein powder that is easier to absorb, then you may be able to gain back some strength, muscle, and speed of recovery. One World Whey is a highly digestible whey protein powder that may be the perfect answer for you. My name is Errol. I'm 74 years old. You know, the taste of One World Whey is amazing. I play pickleball, and since taking One World Whey and your trace mineral supplement, I have more energy and recover faster from my working out. I used to take another grass-fed whey protein powder, but now I'm getting much better results using One World Whey. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're covering Apple Music, or have been. So we'll see what happens. I'm not going to ask Kirk to suggest how many members Apple will sign up. But it's still interesting to see what kind of response they'll get from Android users. Remember that iTunes and the iPod did not come into its own until Apple added Windows support. And that's yeah. you know now a given, of course. It's interesting that... This is Apple's first Android app, and in fact, they're, they've announced two Android apps at the same time, one of them that's going to help people switch from Android to the iPhone. Um, it's interesting that if you remember back in the day after the iPod came out for Windows, there was this whole switcher thing, and Apple really capitalized on this, getting people to switch from Windows to Mac. And we're seeing the same thing now as they're starting to approach Android, um, and they're even offering an app to essentially, I think it works over Bluetooth, it essentially copies files and puts them in the right location 
um, takes them from your Android device and puts them onto your iPhone. Um, what it can, because of course the iPhone doesn't really store files in the same way. Um, but it's interesting to see Apple return to this approach of actively courting switchers by saying, well, we got this new thing for your platform, check it out, and maybe you'll want to buy one of our iPhones. So it's kind of like what Apple did with iTunes for Windows, get people invested in the Apple ecosystem, and yep. maybe they'll switch. And it's much more obvious with an Android phone because people see this, see how it works, and... It's not a situation where Google could block that app because then Apple blocks Google's apps on the iPhone where they make lots of money. So this could be another way of inducing people to switch by showing how easy it is. And once the word gets out that there's this move to iOS tool, heck, that could be a lot. Yeah, it could. Um, of course, we have to remember the the price of an Android phone compared to the price of an iPhone. And we talked about this a year ago when I bought an Android phone and wrote an article for Macworld about it. I mean, basically it was what a, a very good phone for $150 compared to, and, and talking about unlocked prices compared to, you know, what is it? $600 or so for an iPhone unlocked. So it's not an easy change, but then it's, it wasn't an easy change to get people to switch from windows to a Mac. Um, it was still a, a much bigger expense. I think people, are a lot more hesitant about spending more on a phone than they are on a computer, though, because a computer being something that's stationary, or even if it's a laptop, tends to seem like it's worth more. You know, if you think about it, you can buy an iPhone that costs more than the least expensive Mac laptop today. That's a pretty big ask. Well, we know now that the growth of Android has kind of stalled the way I see it. And maybe Apple sees the inroads there, a way to get through that Samsung hasn't been able to push as many products as they did before. We'll have to see how it works out. Let's move to a couple of more topics. So we have OS X El Capitan. And this is, what, a big rock in Yosemite National Park. Yeah. yeah. And therefore, so, this is going to be the rock-solid version of OS X. Yeah, it's more the snow mountain yosemite um if you remember in the past that snow leopard basically refined leopard and mountain lion basically refined lion um it's pretty much the same idea here and and we've spoken on the show about this how we've all been hoping that apple would sort of take a step back and refine both os 10 and ios and get rid of the bugs and focus on making it work right what i find surprising is that they have to do it again after Leopard and Snow Leopard, they went to Lion and Mountain Lion. Then they went to Mavericks. And then they went to Yosemite. And now they're taking a step back again. I would much rather see a slower upgrade cycle rather than an annual cycle. And so they don't have to have these interim versions, the sort of like, like the S version of the iPhone, you know, the iPhone 4S, 5S, whatever. Um, they come out with these S versions of operating systems. I would rather we not suffer all the problems that we suffer with the first of the operating systems, then fix it a year later. I don't think Apple's going to change that, but you might not see operating systems in the future have as many promises of new features. I mean, if you look at Windows 10 with all the pomp and circumstance, there really aren't a lot of new features there. Well, there aren't a lot of features you can add anymore to an operating system. Um, 
I mean, Apple's going very light on new features here. They've got, got these window management things, this split view, which is actually, what, what's interesting is that they brought it out both for the Mac and for iOS, but only if you have the latest iPad Air 2. Um, they've changed some very small things in, in OS X. They've changed Spotlight a bit. They've added a couple of features to Mail, like a couple of gestures and all. Um, one of the big changes is the Notes app, and I think that's a very good change. And that's something that's in both the desktop and the mobile platform. Um, a handful of new things in Photos, some nice new mini features in Safari, Maps, and basically it comes down to that. There's not much. I mean, when you look on the web page um, describing the new version of OS X, um, it's pretty limited. And that's a good thing. And of course, they're not listing all the features. There are going to be others um, that they're not going to talk about until later. And, of course, it's all the under-the-hood stuff, the solidifying, the, the hardening uh, in terms of security, the improvement. For instance, I don't recall if we talked about it. I'm sure you mentioned it on the show, all the networking problems that people have because of this, um, this so bit of software under the hood called, what is it, NDNS Responder? Discovery D was the replacement to the right. networking utility. Supposedly, in the 10.10.4 update, that's been fixed. Right. So that's history. But right. that's the whole point. Now, assuming that El Capitan has the promise and realizes that promise, we'll see across the board Apple goes into every nook and cranny, cleans things out, makes it leaner and meaner. Now, there's one thing I wanted to ask you about. I don't know if you know. Now, we know last year, for example, they introduced this handoff feature where you can start an email or a document on your Mac and pick it up somewhere else with part of continuity. And it only supported recent models with Bluetooth LE. And now Apple touts something called Metal Support, which is harnessing the power of the graphics chips, as they're doing with the iOS 8 and now iOS 9. But with El Capitan, the original documentation from Apple doesn't show what Macs can't use it. And I kind of have to think that the older graphics processors won't be able to use much of this. Maybe some of it. I don't know. Apple doesn't well, tell you. They're saying that El Capitan runs on every Mac that can run Yosemite. They're mm. not saying which of the features will not be... Uh, in other words, the operating system will still run even if it can't take advantage of metal. Um, just like on iOS, um, you can still run iOS 9, but you won't get split screen unless you have an iPad Air 2. Um, and, and that, of course, is a lot better than just eliminating an older machine because it can't do what's in the new operating system. Metal is an enhancement. It's not, it's not a technology that you absolutely need to run the operating system. It's just something that's going to make it a lot faster. Right, but the question here is going into it, Shouldn't the users know whether or not they will see this improvement? I'm sure we'll know by the time it's released that they'll give more details. But for now, no, they haven't said anything. All right. But I don't fault them on that. It's too early. Um, because maybe they're actually working on a way to make it work for older Macs while we speak. And that if they were to announce today that it only works on Macs, say, two years old, maybe by the time... Um, the captain comes out, they'll have gotten it to Macs that are three years old. We don't know that. So it's still a work in progress. It's going to continue for 
four months or so till probably yeah, October. Yeah, they talk about a release in the fall, which has generally been October um, every time over the past few years. So Apple has plenty of time to make this work if that's their intention. We have Kirk McElhern. We're talking about the new version of OS X El Capitan, the fixer-upper version, and some of that's going to be done with iOS 9. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Honey, it's time for dinner. What are you doing over there on your computer? I'm shopping for a new wallet. Mine is falling apart. Hey, did you know there's a company called ID Stronghold that makes shielded wallets to prevent electronic pickpocketing? Oh, I didn't realize there was such a thing as electronic pickpocketing. What is that? Well, apparently, many of the new credit and debit cards being issued have radio chips inside them called RFID that transmit our banking information to card readers when we pay. Unfortunately, a bad guy can also get one of these readers and go around the city scanning people, collecting their credit card numbers and personal information without us knowing it. Wow, that sounds scary. Since you're getting a new wallet anyway, you should definitely get an ID Stronghold shielded wallet. Are they more expensive? No. In fact, I can get a shielded leather wallet from IDStronghold.com for the same price or less than regular unshielded wallets from other stores. Sounds great. My wallet isn't falling apart yet, but let me pick one out too. I want to be protected, and these wallets at IDStronghold.com look fantastic. Healthy diet and exercise should be a part of any weight loss effort. A small shipping and handling fee may apply. Mirror, mirror on the wall. How did I become so fat? If you are a woman over 40 and you're having trouble losing extra weight, you may be eligible for our risk-free trial of Amberin Complete by calling 1-800-210-4432. After 40, your body changes, and so should your weight loss strategy. Amberin Complete is a unique combination of clinically tested formulas specifically for women over 40. Amberin Complete helps you balance hormones, relieve hot flashes, night sweats, sleeplessness, promote energy levels, and yes, help you lose weight, including that stubborn fat. No crazy diets or exercise routines required. Just take Amberin Complete for 90 days. It's that easy. So if you're a woman over 40 and you're tired of looking in the mirror and not liking what you see, call the Amberin Hotline today. But wait, call right now and we'll give you a 20-day supply of Amberin free. Call 1-800-210-4432. That's 1-800-210-4432. Again, 1-800-210-4432. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. 
healthy elimination is essential to high energy, a cheerful mood, and prevention of disease. Some of the founders of our modern holistic health thinking state that disease begins in a toxic colon. A toxic intestinal tract is the foundation for virtually all degenerative disease, and a clean and well-moving intestinal tract is the foundation of health. I just want to say that you folks have an amazing product. I've taken whey protein products for years, and I've never noticed results I have with your product. I've suffered with bouts of constipation most of my life. Within a few days of taking One World Whey, I noticed a dramatic change. Also, in the past few years, I've experienced symptoms associated with diabetes. I feel horrible when I've had too much sugar, and I've been getting the foot pain as well. But I've noticed in the past week or so, I'm not feeling bad anymore, and the foot pain is gone. I'm just finishing up a five-pound tub I ordered and just got off the phone ordering more. I love your product. Thank you. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. This is a reminder that we have our premium service called Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. Please visit plus.technightowl.com. Take advantage of a special subscription package where you get the ad-free version of this radio show, better quality audio for a modest monthly subscription fee, plus.technightowl.com. I Kirk McElhern here talking about the promise of El Capitan, So they've made changes in spotlights, so now it can use natural language, brings in more services. The window is resizable, movable. You know, fewer and fewer people are going to use search in the browser after this. I really don't know how many people use Spotlight. I think a lot of people accidentally discover Spotlight because... The, the default keyboard shortcut is command space and the command key is next to the space bar and you lean on your keyboard and all of a sudden this little thing comes up and you're just like, oh, what is this? I don't think a lot of people necessarily know what Spotlight is. Um, I recently wrote a series of articles for Macworld about Spotlight because we hadn't covered it in, in years since like, I think, 2006 or 2008 in, in order to basically highlight that there is this powerful search tool. Apple does communicate about it, but how many users actually think of using it? When you consider it, there's not much advantage to searching in Spotlight over searching in the browser if you're doing a web search. But what users need to know is that you can um, get different kinds of information through Spotlight. And, and this information is organized in a different way than your Google or your Bing or DuckDuckGo search results are. So we don't know how many people actually use it. But isn't it also true that the browser will use Spotlight to some degree, at least Safari? The, Safari does give some suggestions of like local. So I just searched in Spotlight for a restaurant, and I see the pub that's down the street and the restaurant that's two miles away and all that sort of thing. Um, Safari does give certain things like that, but it's more limited. Let's see. I don't Actually, I don't have that turned on in Safari. See, I'm not even sure what you can do with that in Safari. Um, I do see that on my iPhone, where it's on by default. But on the Mac, 
generally, I just use the browser to search for things like that. It's like, why would I need to go into Spotlight when it's quicker to just do a Google search and Google's and tell me, you know, restaurants nearby and I'm going to find them? Well, of course, you can't use the search for your own Mac. You're searching on Google. No, of course. And so Spotlight is mostly useful when you're searching for files on your Mac. And I think that's, if people use it, it's more for that. The the, the Spotlight recommendations that Apple includes, um, I've never really found to be very interesting. Are you using the El Capitan beta yet? No, I, I downloaded it and I haven't installed it. I did look at the iOS 9 beta. And then I, so I, I have an iPod Touch that I use for betas, and I wiped it and I put the iOS 8.4 beta on because that's going to have the updated music app more quickly than iOS 9. El Capitan, or Z Captain, is one of my weekend projects, I think. And I'll put that on an external drive and use it on my laptop for a while. Well, I did try it briefly. And unfortunately, the external drive is rather slow, so the advantages were not necessarily yeah. there. Yeah. No, the, on, the only way you can really test it for speed is to install it on your computer. Um, ideally, one of the best ways is to make a second partition on your, your internal drive. If you have an SSD or a hard drive, um, install it on that partition and then press the option key when you start up and choose the partition. So that way you'll get the full speed advantage. But even now, as you know, when beta software comes out, it's full of all sorts of debug code and it's not as fast as it will be in the future. iOS 9. Now, iOS 9 has this proactive Siri. And of course, the critics will say, well, we already had Google now and Cortana. What is Apple bringing to the table? Yeah, I, I'm not a big user of Siri. It's pretty useless for me. Um, it doesn't find things. It doesn't... I, I mean, I, I can do a web search with Siri. But if I'm going to do that, I'd just as soon go into Safari and dictate my search terms in the Safari search bar. Um, I'm a big dictation user on my iPhone because I find it really annoying to type on the iPhone keyboard being so small. Um, I dictate emails and text messages and all that, and I dictate when I search in Safari. But I don't find that Siri is very useful for me. L let me give you an example. So, Siri, find me a restaurant nearby. Now, is this iOS 8 or 9? This is iOS 8. Um, All right, so we so, know it's not going to work very well. Well, no, it finds me a few restaurants nearby. It finds me three restaurants, which is basically, well, no. Okay, so it's only found, it's found the pub around the corner. It's found the restaurant that's 1.3 miles away. It hasn't found the other one that's in the next town over. So it's found much less than what Google has found for me or what Spotlight found for me on the Mac when I, I checked earlier. Um, I find Siri really essentially useless. There, there's a well-known bug in Siri that if you um, say, remind me to do something in two hours, I think it sets the reminder for 10 a.m., no matter how far ahead it is. Um, adding calendar events is a 50-50 thing with Siri, so I don't even bother because it's too important to get calendar events right. Um, I, I've just found that it's really not reliable enough. Right, but you're looking at the current version, not the next version, which right, could be a lot big, better. That's the promise. Yeah. It will be a lot better. Well, that's the promise. And the promise in iOS 8 was that it was a lot better. Um, the promise in iOS 9 is that it's proactive and it's going to know that you want to do something because you always do it. And frankly, the idea of, you know, 
you get into your car and connect your car with Bluetooth and it knows that you want to listen to this playlist. Well, does everyone listen to the same playlist every time they get in their car? I don't think so. Um, another experience was what um, it knows. Let's see what it has. Um, show me videos I took at someone's birthday party. Okay, that's a little better. And that's the natural language that we're going to see in Spotlight. So the, the search engine, um, in the sense of what powers search on OS X and iOS, is essentially the same. So while iOS, the captain, didn't get Siri, it's getting the same sort of natural language thing. I'd really like to have an idea of how efficient that's going to be. I mean, it's a wait and see. As I said, I installed the beta very briefly. The first thing I noticed is that I don't see the new Spotlight search page. Um, if I swipe left, nothing happens. And if I swipe down, I get the current Spotlight search, search page. So it's clearly not um, available yet. We'll see over time if it really makes a difference. Um, uh, you know, I see people talking about using Siri all the time, and I really don't understand how they're able to use it all the time, but whatever. All right. We'll have to see how that works once it comes out. I did try iOS 9 very briefly and then totally restored the iPhone on which it was installed. They say you can't do that, but of course you can. You have to kind of unofficially download a previous version, do a full restore. It wipes everything, and you start from scratch, and it's fine. Wouldn't recommend it, but that's the way to do it. We'll get into more of that in a moment with Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, talking about iOS 9 coming this fall from Apple. This is the Tech Night Out Live. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com if you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER 
Silver 2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. Healthy diet and exercise should be a part of any weight loss effort. A small shipping and handling fee may apply. Mirror, mirror on the wall. How did I become so fat? If you are a woman over 40 and you're having trouble losing extra weight, you may be eligible for our risk-free trial of Amberin Complete by calling 1-800-210-4432. After 40, your body changes, and so should your weight loss strategy. Amberin Complete is a unique combination of clinically tested formulas specifically for women over 40. Amberin Complete helps you balance hormones, relieve hot flashes, night sweats, sleeplessness, promote energy levels, and yes, help you lose weight, including that stubborn fat. No crazy diets or exercise routines required. Just take Amberin Complete for 90 days. It's that easy. So if you're a woman over 40 and you're tired of looking in the mirror and not liking what you see, call the Amberin Hotline today. But wait, call right now and we'll give you a 20-day supply of Amberin free. Call 1-800-210-4432. That's 1-800-210-4432. Again, 1-800-210-4432. Honey, it's time for dinner. What are you doing over there on your computer? I'm shopping for a new wallet. Mine is falling apart. Hey, did you know there's a company called ID Stronghold that makes shielded wallets to prevent electronic pickpocketing? Oh, I didn't realize there was such a thing as electronic pickpocketing. What is that? Well, apparently, many of the new credit and debit cards being issued have radio chips inside them called RFID that transmit our banking information to card readers when we pay. Unfortunately, a bad guy can also get one of these readers and go around the city scanning people, collecting their credit card numbers and personal information without us knowing it. Wow, that sounds scary. Since you're getting a new wallet anyway, you should definitely get an ID Stronghold shielded wallet. Are they more expensive? No. In fact, I can get a shielded leather wallet from IDStronghold.com for the same price or less than regular unshielded wallets from other stores. Sounds great. My wallet isn't falling apart yet, but let me pick one out too. I want to be protected, and these wallets at IDStronghold.com look fantastic. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. I'm Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Out Live with Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, talking about iOS 9. I did load it on iPhone 6 as an experiment. And I won't get into a lot of detail except to say, yeah, it seemed pretty fast. The new typeface, San Francisco, is easier to read in smaller sizes. Yeah. Which, which I think is going to be a advantage. As for the rest, well, it promises better battery life, but the beta gave me worse battery life. So I restore that phone to its former condition. But yeah. you understand it's a beta. It's not optimized. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, if you're listening out there, don't do this at home. Don't install it on any device that you really need to use. That's why I have an iPod Touch that I bought a couple years ago, um, which is the only iPod Touch that can run any of the betas. It's the fifth generation, and it hasn't been updated in almost three years, but it still supports all the iOS betas. If you do install it, I was able to downgrade mine to 8.4 betas uh, without any difficulties. So if you do install it, make sure you have a separate device, or as we said earlier for OS X, an external disk or a separate partition. It's just, you know... I understand. Now, we should tell our listeners, Apple will make this available to the public in July. But as Kirk says... That's a public beta. It's a public beta. 
It means that you should dedicate a separate partition on your hard drive or a separate drive on your Mac. And as far as your iPhone or iPad are concerned, well, if you have one that's old or a spare one, or you don't mind having to restore the thing from scratch and understand that might entail a few hoops to jump through to get a copy of the update from Apple to restore it to an older version. If you understand all that. Yeah, you, you shouldn't just install these things because you're curious. It's not a game. And remember, these things are not going to work right. And the things that you depend upon for your iPhone, your iPad, or your Mac, with beta software, those things may not work the way you want. No. And maybe not at all. Some apps will not work at all because of the various differences. So you have to be aware of that. You have to be aware of the complications of playing the beta game. Now, it's interesting here that Apple has combined all their developer programs into one. Yeah, so that's a good thing. This means oh. you pay one fee, $99 a year for all the developer programs. If you've already paid in advance, they'll give you credit. They'll extend yep. your membership accordingly, so you're not getting ripped off or anything. But suddenly it means that you can get these updates. They're making it easier for people to develop. And now Apple is going to make Swift their developer tools their new developer tools, available open source and to Linux users. That brings in more programmers to the Mac, right? Well, technically, I guess the idea is that you'll be able to develop iOS apps on Linux, and that's a good idea. It's obviously not for developing anything for OS X. They've also changed the Safari developer program, which is for developing Safari extensions. And that made me wonder if they're not going to come out with a version of Safari for Linux. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? That would be interesting. Apple can pull in a whole new audience there to use Macs. Well, I'm not sure it's a very big audience, but it's a significant audience in terms of what it means, what it stands for. Um, Apple opening up a little bit more. Because remember, Safari is available for Windows. Maybe they're going to make a Safari web browser for Android too. Why not? That would be interesting to see where Apple takes this. It looks to me like they're really working aggressively to extend the platform, grab switchers from everywhere else. Yep. Now, there have been criticisms here, and let's just take this in general. Criticisms of where Apple added features to iOS 9 and OS 10 El Capitan, like the split view, that come from other platforms. And as a matter of fact, Wired Magazine talks about El Capitan in the sense of, well, actually, they were talking about iPad. And the argument saying that Apple went to Windows to save the iPad, being, of course, that you have that split view in Windows 8. That's their argument. And then they use the term that Apple took a host of features from Windows. And we're talking about just one here. Yeah. But if you're going to have side-by-side -side multitasking, how many different ways can you do it? I mean, the back end is going to be totally different. But as far as the front-facing feature for the way that it's available to the user, how many ways can you do it? Yeah, I, I think, you know, every operating system has copied every other operating system at one point. Um, there are certainly some features that Apple's copied from Android, and there are others that Android copied from Apple. We won't get into the whole look and feel thing of Windows versus the Mac, but yeah, I, I can't imagine that Apple hadn't thought of this already in the past anyway. Just because they hadn't done it before doesn't necessarily mean they copied it. Maybe they were planning on this for a while. If you realize that the iPad Air 2 is the only device that can, that can handle this specific feature, it makes you think that the iPad Air 2 was designed with this in mind. What is it? It's got two gigabytes of RAM instead of one. 
so basically, obviously, it needs more RAM to be able to display two windows rather than one. It, it suggests that they designed the iPad Air planning to come out with this feature after iOS 8 and not with iOS 8. Well, the other thing to bear in mind is even though some Samsung products have a feature like that, how well do those features work? If Apple can only optimize it for one model of the iPad, although some will say it's a conspiracy to get you to buy a new iPad, but just assuming Apple could only make it work efficiently to their standards on one model, what about all these other efforts? They might not be so good. It's possible. I mean, again, it could be the RAM that that is the issue. It could be something else. I don't know. I really don't know. Whatever it is, though, does it save the iPad? Will people who wouldn't buy an iPad before or wouldn't update because their iPad worked perfectly well decide to go into the store and buy something new? I can't imagine that that single feature is necessarily going to get people to buy something new unless they haven't had... Uh, unless they haven't upgraded their iPad for years. It's not a compelling enough reason to upgrade from the original iPad Air. Um, It may be compelling enough to upgrade from an iPad 2 or something. But even if if you're using your iPad intensively enough that split split screen is important for you, you probably already have an iPad Air 2. But looking at the future... So people with older iPads may be more encouraged to upgrade. Those with recent iPads, not so much. How does this paint the picture for this fall, where new models are being introduced? We have this new feature to make it more of a productivity tool. Does that bring in more developer support, too, for apps that will take advantage of it in a better fashion? It's entirely possible. Obviously, when something becomes more powerful, then there are all sorts of reasons for apps to take advantage of it. Um, you, you asked a couple of minutes ago, what's the future of the, um, of the iPad? We don't really know, do we? It's, I, I, iPad sales have stagnated, it's safe to say. Um, are they going to continue to stagnate because people don't upgrade it as often and, you know, all the reasons? Or are people abandoning the iPad as a platform? Who knows? Who knows? I wouldn't really... I, I don't think the iPad is dead in any way. I don't think it's ever going to be as big as the iPhone in terms of unit numbers. Um, it's a different device. There people. There are some people who use it and some who don't. There are some people who are just so overwhelmed by the split screen that it's going to change their lives. Um, people who do work on iPads with external keyboards. And, and another feature they're adding is um, keyboard shortcuts and a command tab app switcher to iOS 9 um, for these people. But I think they're a very small minority, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I use my iPad to read the news. Sometimes I'll watch like a movie or something in bed with my iPad on Netflix. Um, I, I really don't use it that much. But again, you know, it's interesting. In a Twitter chat recently with a couple of my... Um, a couple of ex-Macworld colleagues, we were talking um, about people who are commenting about use cases for the Apple Watch, and we sort of all agreed that if you're a freelancer working at home, you're not the ideal use case, yet most of the people who are reviewing the Apple Watch are freelancers working at home. Let's continue Uh, that in our final segment with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. (laughs) 
single-handedly leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code Gene. When you check out, there's a man named Dr. Joel Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor, both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician. Doc asks, why does the United States spend more money on health care by far and still rank 50th in health and longevity worldwide? He believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, take charge of their health and attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects and more toxic prescription drugs. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the big government, big pharma, and big insurance manipulation of our health care system. I'm George Norrie, and I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about health care. Visit criticalhealthnews.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's Deadly Recipes Lecture. It makes a lot of sense, and I urge you to join our Critical Health News team. Go to criticalhealthnews.com. That's criticalhealthnews.com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas Brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. Usually the older one gets, the less you are able to absorb amino acids and the less you are able to repair the 100 trillion cells of your body. As a result, you'll have less energy, your tissues will shrink, and you'll become wrinkled. An older person will typically injure more easily and heal more slowly. Not fun. However, if you can consume a protein powder that is easier to absorb, then you may be able to gain back some strength, muscle, and speed of recovery. One World Whey is a highly digestible whey protein powder that may be the perfect answer for you. My name is Errol. I'm 74 years old. You know, the taste of One World Whey is amazing. I play pickleball, and since taking One World Whey and your trace mineral supplement, I have more energy and recover faster from my working out. 
I used to take another grass-fed whey protein powder, but now I'm getting much better results using One World Whey. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we're moving from use cases to iPad to use cases for Apple Watch with Kirk McElhern. And the suggestion being here that if you're a freelancer or you have a home-based business, you do your work out of your home, maybe the Apple Watch isn't the thing. Unless you go out and do a lot of exercising or something, or you're a traveling salesperson or anything like that. But if you stay at home, maybe not so much. But no device can be for everyone anyway. Of I mean, we not. even had the statement from Phil Schiller in that interview with John Gruber, where he mentions the fact that the MacBook is a harbinger of the future, a time when everything will be wireless, and maybe it's not for everyone. Of course not. And But the, the interesting point here is, and I think it was Chris Breen who highlighted this on Twitter, um, Chris, who used to be a Macworld senior editor, um, now works for a fruit company in California, and he pointed out that since he got his new job and he's not working at home anymore, he realizes how useful the Apple Watch is to him Whereas, you know, someone like me and some of the other people who were in this chat were basically saying, well, it's not that useful for us because we're not commuting. We're not in a city where we may be walking around and don't want to take our iPhones out to check them. And the question it raises is it's not very easy for any of us, and you know this well, to, to detach ourselves enough and put ourselves in the situation of the average user. We try as much as we can, but we just don't use things the same way that everyone does. We dig more deeply, and we have different expectations. So it, it's simply the point that, you know, asking about the future of the iPad, you and I are maybe not the people who are ideal to predict that. Someone who has a commute and reads books or newspapers or reads web pages on the iPad, on the bus or on the subway, um, they've got a much different use case than you or I. We're just trying to be what they are, and there's no way to do that. No, and we, maybe we, it, it's incumbent upon tech publications to bring people who are closer in profile to the typical well, you, user and see what happens. And they fail. I know the New York Times tried to do this, I guess, with people using the Apple Watch. And two of them wrote articles saying, I'm divorcing myself from Apple Watch. And it found out, if you look at those articles, these people didn't know what the heck they were doing. They had no okay. clue about the product or what it did or how it did it. Right. And I think that's actually the right type of person to review it, rather than you or me or Gruber or Dalrymple. People who already know what the product is going to do and have no doubts about it. I think those normal people, and a lot of people criticize that New York Times article, the woman said she was breaking up with her Apple Watch. I think her review was one of the best because she is an extremely honest, normal person saying, well, I got this thing and I don't know what it's for. If you read the article as I did... And the comments from people like McAlope trying to poke fun at it, it is that she came to conclusions about Apple Watch that were utterly wrong. I mean, she even assumed that when Apple had the WWDC, they introduced new Apple Watches, which they didn't. They introduced a new Apple Watch OS for release this fall, but they didn't change the product line. 
And but she had it, that totally wrong. Is it her fault that she's wrong? She's not a tech writer. I think she's a fashion writer. It doesn't um, matter. Do your research. No. If you're writing an article as a user, take a few moments okay, to study on. up on your subject. If okay. you don't know your subject, study for a few minutes. Okay. For me, the problem there is that her editors didn't correct. I don't think she should be expected to necessarily know that. She's writing about a product. Again, I think she was a fashion reporter. And she's writing about a product that she got to see how it works. She was a normal person who doesn't listen to podcasts, who doesn't have RSS feeds for, for Apple websites. And that represents 90% of people who are buying the Apple Watch or any Apple product. And I think we need more of those people to write about these products. Let them be wrong from time to time. Get better editors to fix them. I, I highlighted something today on my website. CNN came out with an article saying that Apple Music will sound worse because... Apple Music is streaming in AAC format at 256 kilobits per second. CNN compared this to what, for example, Beats Music calls the industry standard of MP3 files at 320 kilobits per second. So a difference of about 20%. Yeah, but AAC is a better quality Exactly, coding. exactly. So my, my point is that you have an awful lot of people who are writing things and don't have editors to check up on them. CNN should have known this. AAC... Uh, 256 is better than mp3 at 320 period and in this new york times article had faults because there were no editors to correct it but i think that this person's opinion is totally valid because again she represents the majority of people who are going to buy this product or consider buying it sure but an editor could have said wait a minute they didn't introduce right and new and apple watches the the, or any of these other things or she was talking about some kind of screensaver or something on the Apple Watch, and and you tell them, the editor, there's no such thing. Right, and that's the editor's fault, certainly. But the fact that she thought that maybe the, the little drawings or the watch faces with pictures or animations behind them are screensavers, is that wrong that she misinterpreted it? I'm not sure. I think we need to give more voice to normal users, let them get it wrong, let the editors correct it, because the editors need to know about it. But I'm very interested in hearing how normal users use things. Every time I'm on the show, you say it's Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, and and I've got that sort of moniker attached to me accidentally. I came up with this idea for the Macworld column a few years ago, asked the iTunes guy, and it stuck. As part of this role, I get a dozen or more emails every week, plus I get people writing directly to my website. I get these emails from normal users who are using iTunes asking questions about it. And I've learned an awful lot trying to see through their eyes and trying to understand why they don't understand things. And I think we need more of that in tech reporting. Yeah, I think right now also, as much as you want to think that everyone knows how to use these products, there's a lot of learning to do here. Anytime there's a new feature, there's a new process in figuring out how to do it, different kind of ways of moving your fingers the trackpad function with moving blocks of text on the iPad with iOS 9. All this stuff entails new skills. Apple Watch, new ways of doing things because what you do on your smartphone, you can't really do on a tiny screen like that. So you've got the digital crown and the side button and everything like that. You have a lot of new skills here. It's back in a way to 2007 where the iPhone comes out. It's a new way of doing things. And even people who were using Blackberries and are used to the keyboards and the layouts and everything and all the imitation Blackberries, suddenly you had to learn new things. And we have that all over again. And each year that Apple adds features, which they have to do to stay competitive and to move the market, 
there are new things and new ways to confuse people. Imagine someone who's not following this radio show. They're not following Macworld online. They're not following Kirkville, Kirk McElhern's blog, or any of a thousand and one other places where they get real information. What do they do to learn these new skills? They've got to be confused. Yeah, they are. You know, just think of gestures on the iPhone. There are so many gestures. It's almost impossible to know what they are. I don't know what half of them are. I've given up trying to learn a lot of these things. You it know what? If we while... don't end this right now, I'm going to have to issue another kind of gesture. Okay. And I don't want to do that. Be polite, Gene. Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of your stuff? You can find me on Kirkville. That's my website. It's www.mcelhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me over at Macworld, where I write lots of stuff, where I'm the iTunes guy, but I write other things as well. You can find us on Twitter, which is going to be different, I guess, when they get the new CEO, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. You can also go to our portal at technightowl.com. And if you go to plus.technightowl.com, you can subscribe to our premium version of the show. Tech Night Owl Plus, get the ad-free version of the show, higher resolution copies, speaking of the comparisons of audio codecs. We use MP3, but you get more kilobits, better quality sound for a modest monthly fee. Plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. And we have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week we present Nick Redfern, and he has a book out that's not just about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called Secret History, Conspiracies from Ancient Aliens to the New World Order. And he asks a question in that book, by the way, was there more than one deep throat who informed Woodward and Bernstein about Watergate. Was it not just a former associate director of the FBI, Mark Felt, but another person, one or more other people, huh? Go check out theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.